France's guests are Bishop Podgast with Sother the Exploding Hedgehog, King Freddy of Buganda and the Dreamers, Yaroslav Brovnik, the Dog Tooth Chick, there'll be a tune or two from Werner von Braun and his band of renown, and a romantic interlude with Miss Ecstasy La Bootstrap in the forbidden, in the forbidden dance of the giant flubrush. Once seen, never forgotten. Your comment for this evening is that zesty, curvaceous little armful mouthy tongue, <laughs> or as he's better known to the Chislehurst police, Kenneth Hall. Hello, and welcome to the, uh, in spite of any rumours to the contrary, show. <laughs> now, uh, last week, the Polpero Poultry Breeders Gazette devoted its fourth leader to a scurrilous attack on Round the Hall saying that on one occasion in the past, what might be construed as a heavily disguised double entendre was allowed to insinuate itself into the scripts. Well, naturally, this came as a shock to me. <laughs> as if I'd ever been aware of such a double entendre, I would have whipped it out immediately or blue-penciled it. <laughs> now... The phrase that the Pompero Gazette complained of was futterknadgering. <laughs> well, I mean, surely every schoolboy knows what futterknadgering is, and in fact, I believe you can get a badge in the Scouts for it. <laughs> it uh, de derives from the old German. Was it not Goethe who said, Das Futter ist Nagerein? <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> But the word has a long and honourable ancestry and refers to agricultural implements. Now, we went to know that futtergnadgering has quite a different meaning in Polpero, where, in fact, there's been an outbreak of it recently in the municipal car park. <laughs> and police wish to interview a man in a fawn raincoat. My word, that chap gets about in the fawn raincoat. <laughs> ah, he must have a bicycle, I suppose. Still, on with the show. Smith, here. Come along. Nothing, sir. I was yeah. just taking off my phone raincoat. Oh. <laughs> well, remove your cycle clips and announce the next item. Yes, sir. And now, Armpit Theatre presents an action-packed story of mobsters and their malls in the Chicago of the Roaring Twenties. Here, then, is Little Caesar, or how the bulletproof vest was won. My name is Winthrop D. Rocker. The fella disappeared shortly after I was born. <laughs> well, you can't blame him, really, can you? And I was brought up by my mother on the wrong side of the tracks, the chipping Sodbury side, <laughs> which explains my accent. I was sent to Yale by my guardian, who was a judge. <laughs> In 1925, I set up a small law practice, and that was when I first heard of babyface Omipalone. <laughs> Soon to become public enemy number one. Oh, that's for me. I'm the babyface that Omipalone is talking about. 
my parents were of Italian stock, and as a little bambino, I helped my papa in his business. He had an ice cream car on the east side. <laughs> ice cream, okey pokey, ice cream. You're lucky to buy some ice cream. Stop it, try some okey pokey. Ah, I know, no, Luigi. Ah, the priest, uh, old father, a hooligan. <laughs> it's a hot day, father. Have some ice cream. Oh, I'll have, I'll have a cassata. Uh, coming up. <laughs> hey, bambino. Yes, papa? Send up one cassata bolognese with a side order of spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> 153 with the 24 coming up. Uh, why do you make your boy work down there in the ice cream cart? Well, keep him off the street. Oh. <laughs> but it's not good for a boy to be in an ice cream cart all day. That's better than in the winter. I sell roast chestnuts. <laughs> His mama had big ideas. She wanted him to be a gangster. Oh, that's no good being a gangster. Every day they're getting shot down on the steps of the church. Last week we had James Cagney three times. <laughs> What can I do? The boy's got his heart set on being a killer, and after all, it's a regular work. Well, I, I'm score now. I've got an appointment with George Raft at three. He's, he's going to die in my arms. I'll top of the morning to you. It's been lovely seeing you. Ciao, Master. Can I come out now, Papa? My knickerbocker glory is frozen. <laughs> well, come up. Tell Mama she can come out too, and the rest of the bambino. Come on. Papa, we got to find somewhere else to live. This cart is too small for us. Oh, don't worry, Mama. One day I'll be rich and then I'll buy you a great big ice cream car. Oh, how are you going to get rich? Oh, I'm going to pull a stick up, Mama. Papa, lend me five dollars. I want to buy a gun. Five dollars? Don't give the boy the money. Oh, how can he pull a stick up without a gun? All right, all right, all right. Here's the money. That only leaves me two dollars in the world. Oh, thank you, Papa. I see you got it again. Yes, Papa. Yes. Papa? Yes. There's a stick up and over the two dollars. <laughs> From then on, Babyface travelled fast. Hardly a week passed without some new exploit. This is a stick-up. Oh, it's Babyface on a Polony. And he's got a machine gun. It's no use holding us up. This is only a sub post up here. That's all right. It's only a sub-machine gun. <laughs> News of Babyface's exploits soon reached Scarface Malone, public enemy number two, and rapidly climbing the charts. Uh, I don't like it, see. I don't like it at all, see. No, there's, there's only room for one Mr. Bigger on here, and that's me, see. Got that fat lip, Kolowski? Got it, puppy, darling heart. Ah, uh, open up, fat lip. Come in, baby face. You wanted to see me, yeah. Malone? Yeah, yeah. Sharky. Yes, boss, what do you want? You know what to do. You want me to wrap him up a little? Yeah. Oh, 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 no, 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 don't, don't. I've just combed it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That's just a sample. Now button your lip. Zip up your nose and beat it. Not so fast. Oh, he's got a gun. It's a sawn off dusty Springfield. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to use it. 
drop that Dusty Springfield. I've got a Shirley Bassey 45 here. <gasps> you wouldn't dare. Oh, wouldn't I? Babyface Omi Pallone, are you going to give yourself up? I think I'm better. I'm a nasty habit. <laughs> and so Babyface Omi Pallone was brought to trial. And as an old friend of the family, I was called in to defend him. The Supreme Court is now in session. Judge Filibuster presiding. Hey, gentlemen, be seated. <laughs> hey, what is the charge? The state will prove that Babyface Omi Pallone did willfully shoot 23 people in cold blood. A town in Kansas. <laughs> uh, will this 45 bore Dusty Springfield record? Uh, what have you to say in your defense? I was only in bed at the time. Your Honor, the slayings took place over a period of eight years. I'm every sleeper. I object. I object on behalf of my client. I wish to stand behind the Fifth Amendment. Why? My trousers are coming down. <laughs> Trial third day, jury out. And the jury were out for 12 hours. We finally left a message with the woman in the sweet shop next door. <laughs> and at last, they filed back into the jury box. <laughs> Members of the jury, have you reached your verdict? Well, we've considered his record and we've decided to vote it a... <laughs> have you anything to say before I pass sentence? Yes. Don't send me up the river. I don't want to be sent up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now listen, I'm only a kid. I'm a victim of society. Brought up in a tenement ice cream cart. All day squatting on a block of ice. No wonder I'm a dead-end kid. <laughs> yes, all right, yes. I'm a pretty thief. The word is petty. <laughs> <laughs> making this speech. Gee. I was just underway then. Yeah, I was getting going. Yes, I'm a thief, a gunman, a bank robber, and me library books overdue. But I don't care. Okay, I'm guilty. But you're all guilty. Is it a sin? Is it a crime? Loving you dear like I do all together. It is a crime. And they sent him to the penitentiary where they gave him the chair. And a reading lamp and a chintz three-piece suite. <laughs> While we're on the subject of public enemies, here are the Fraser Hayes Ford are saying she loves me. And please say that foul play cannot be ruled out. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Ford. She loves me and 
to my amazement I love it Knowing that she loves me She loves me True, she doesn't show it How could she When she doesn't know it Yesterday she loved me But now today she likes me Supplement. First cookery, great classic recipes by Daphne Whitethigh. <laughs> Whenever I give a small informal dinner party, I always serve mousse stroganoff. It's simple and it's quite, quite easy to prepare. First, take your mousse and truss it for the oven. <laughs> Four hours at regulo six. Garni with a sprig of parsley, put an orange in its mouth, and stop it with sage and onions or garlic pate. One tip, before you stuff it, make sure it's dead. Ah, lovely. That really made my eyes water. Now, this week the colour supplement turns its attention to the Englishman in love. Yes, the Englishman is often considered to be frigid in matters of the heart. Darling, I love you. Kiss me. No, no, Roger. Not before the servants. I'm sorry. After you, Mellors. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Your Ladyship. I love you. Kiss me. Come no. on, you. Oh, you're lovely. <laughs> Lady Chatterley's lover can be seen later tonight in Gardening Club. 
when he'll be showing you some unusual ways of using your rockery. <laughs> Nowadays, love is hard to define. It means different things to different people. We, we took our microphone out into the street and asked passers-by the question, how do you feel about love? And here are some of their replies. No, thank you. Not today. <laughs> is it those peppermint things? I can't tell it from butter. Uh, not when I'm on duty. <laughs> but it's very civil of you to inquire. They say money can't buy you love. But every week the Sunday papers are full of stories of people who seem to have done just that. Come in. Uh, are you the editor of the Sunday Blast? The, the, the paper that rips the lid off? Yes, yes I am. Uh, well, my name is J.P.'s Mould Gruntfuttock. <laughs> would, would you like to rip my lid off? Well, how do you mean exactly? Uh, you can expose me for £20,000. <laughs> yes. I'm a twilight person, and I'm offering you my story. Yes, now, what is your story? It's about I left my wife and 14 kids in a slum caravan in Romford to live a life of sin with a scarlet woman in Ponder's End. <laughs> of how I give midnight nudie bathing parties from my private yacht, moored to the millionaire's playground of Grimsby. <laughs> It's the story. It's the story of how I bought forbidden love and paid the price. There, will you buy it? Well, yes, it seems worth twenty thousand pounds. Now, when did all this happen? It hasn't yet. <laughs> but if you give me the money, I'm willing to start tomorrow. <laughs> Love is where you find it, providing, of course, you know where to look. And what can start as a casual friendship can blossom into a great romance, given the right location. For instance, on a boat. Oh, Charles. You startled me, creeping up on me like that. Did I, Fiona? Yes. You gave me a turn. Did I? Oh, it must be my turn next. <laughs> it's just taking a little stroll. It's terribly romantic, isn't it? The moonlight glinting on the water. Look, Fiona, up there, it's vast, almost frighteningly vast, and dark. I wonder if there's intelligent life up there. Up there, Charles? Not up my nose. <laughs> up there, Fiona. The sky. All those stars, they're, they're shining just for us. See them reflected in the water. There the plough, there Orion's belt, and just below it, Orion's trousers. <laughs> there what seems to be the bear, and there what looks like a dead moggy. Oh, it is, Charles. Oh, I feel they're all there. 
just for us, with the exception of the dead Moggy, of course. Good. Love is so many things, Fiona. It's wanting and needing and feeling and searching and losing and finding and hoping and dreading and wanting to need and needing to want. And Don't speak, Charles. Not for a moment. Why not? I want to get a word in. <laughs> oh, I love you, Charles. Breathlessly, hopelessly, tenderly, despairingly, longingly, meltingly. It's a wordless love, Charles. <laughs> We're both lost, Fiona. Lost in each other's arms, fumbling in the dark. <laughs> fumbling for the right words. Oh, Fiona, kiss me. <laughs> Not here, Charles. People will see. I don't care about people. Boy, right, come in, number 13. Your time's up. <laughs> the park's closing in five minutes. Come along, Fiona. You paddle, I'll steer. <laughs> Part of the dead Moggy was played by members of the BBC Repertory Company. <laughs> Songs have been written about love from time immemorial, and if music be the food of love, here now is the syrup of figs. <laughs> Rambling Sid Rumper. Uh, hello, me dearie, oh, for, for green grows the grunge on my lady's posset. <laughs> for, she's, for she's off with the raggle-taggle window cleaner O. Oh. <laughs> Now, what have you for us in your gander bag this week? It is a Lummockshire air sung by the old spume pickers of thy parts as they sit in the chimney corner scroping their cord wangles. <laughs> While they don't get ITV in them parts. <laughs> and they have to make their own fun. Yeah. Well, perhaps it's just as well. I mean, scroping their cord wangles and watching Huey Green would be rather sort of bread and bread, wouldn't it? <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> and so to the song. When I was a young man, I nadgered on my splod. <laughs> As I nurked at the woggler's trade. When suddenly I thought, while trussing up my groats... <laughs> I'd wordle with a fair young maid. We wordled through the summertime until the winter came. And the only, only thing that I ever did wrong was to tell her my foggy, foggy name. <laughs> now I'm married and I've put away my splod. And my son's at the woggler's trade. Though I still think as I'm trussing up my groats of wordling with a fair young maid, I'd wordle her in the winter time. I'd wordle her for dear life. But the only, only thing that I'd have to do is to keep it from the foggy, foggy wife. Oh. 
And I think there's a moral for us all there, you know. Never wordle in your own backyard. Especially if the neighbours are watching. Well, people used to say that matches were made in heaven. Or was it Sweden? It matters not. <laughs> Nowadays, they're more likely to be made by computer, and a firm has recently opened called Boner Soulmates, who offered to do it electronically. <laughs> and I decided to pay them a visit. Hello, anybody there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. Hello, yes. Hello, Mr. All. We're your bonus soulmates. Our motto is, for every homie, there's a Pallone. <laughs> yes, we guarantee to match you with a perfect partner. A sort of marriage bureau. What we actually do to find you the perfect partner yes. is we, we fill in your particulars. Mm. <laughs> first up, uh, yes. Well, first we've got to get your essential data. Would you mind answering a few questions? No, I don't mind. They all work out these questions by a psychiatrist to determine your personality. You yes, see? now, uh, first, well, what sort of car do you drive? Well, what's that got to do with it? Oh, well, you see, a car is a sort of virility symbol. You have the sort of car that you drive indicates the sort of person that you are. Oh. For instance, Sean Connery drives a great big powerful sports car. Very butch, very potent. Yes. <laughs> very butch. Right, well, what do you drive? A mini. <laughs> Conversion. Conversion. <laughs> yes. You get the idea, don't you, Mr. Orr? <laughs> yes, well, um... I have a vintage model. But it hasn't gone for years. I think that tells us all we need to know. Now, uh, next, uh, sexual attraction quotient. Uh, we mark you out of ten. Yes. Yes. Uh, Richard Burton's nine and a half. At least. And I suppose Fellini's eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> How would you mark his SIQ out of ten, Jewel? Well, now, let's see. Uh... Oh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Minus four. We're not very promising. <laughs> Still, put his, punch, put his punch card in the computer yes. and see what happens. Right. Put it, it in. Goes. There it goes. Oh, look at that going away Come on, there. girl. Have a vard with that computer, Mr. Orne. Have a vard, yes. Got a basin full for your eyes, looking at that lot, eh? Look, that's digesting all your information. Pretty, you see. In a moment, it? out will pop out the card that will have on it the name of your ideal mate. Yes. Oh, there it goes. Go in, girl. Go on. Go in. Oh! There, Mr. Horn. What does it, what does it say? Well, we haven't got all the bugs out of the machine yet. No, 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 but what's on the car? Well, the computer is occasionally subject to error. Well, I hope you're going to be very happy together. Yeah, but what's the name of my ideal soulmate? Who is it? Well, it says here, Edwin Braden. Great airy thing. <laughs> well, Eddie and I discussed the matter and we decided it wouldn't work out. Besides, he's already promised to his lead trombonist. <laughs> a Miss Evadne Hotlips codpiece. <laughs> I'm not going to stand in their way. All for that. <laughs> Or, for that matter, anywhere within a radius of five miles. <laughs> so I shall go to their wedding as long as I don't have to kiss the bride. Cheerio. See you next week.
Kenneth Horne with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard The Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Talk and Marty Feldman and the show is produced by John Simmons. <laughs>